Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, we're joined by Jeff's original buyer's agent, Coach Nick Belmore, to talk about the latest strategies that will increase your lead generation ROI in 2022. These strategies are working in the current market to go from just having a conversation to setting an appointment, and they are designed to improve the interactions you're having with your clients. Now let's hear from Jeff and Nick. Let's jump into today's topic, and this is buyer lead conversion strategies for 2022. We have hand-selected Nick Belmore to run this session because Nick not only was our very first buyer's agent ever, but his reputation, he is known as being one of the top buyer agents in the market. I mean, when he joined our team, he was doing 60, 70 buyer deals a year. He was using showing agent model before there was even a thing called the showing agent model. So when when you're looking for someone that has mastered buyers from start to finish, it's this guy. And so Nick, why don't you jump in to today's topic? And of course, I'll be here to add some color and some flavor, but it's your show. Take it away, Nick. Thank you so much, Jeff. Really appreciate it. And Jeff's 100% right. I mean, when I first started, that was the bulk of my business was buyers. And a lot of it really came into taking up time. And that was one of the number one things that I took away from working with Jeff then is really controlling your time is the key to efficiency and being profitable when you're working buyers at a high level. So right out of right out of the gate, as we start off today, obviously we're here for buyer lead conversion strategies. And with that, I want to start at the very beginning. And I really want to start with a lot of us because one of the big things I've run into with agents who are just starting down this path and really learning to master buyers is we get a lot of confusion about what is really considered a lead versus what is considered an opportunity. And so that's one of the first things that I want to touch on. If we're going to talk about lead conversion, we have to really be clear about what our definition of a lead is. And it's okay that we all might have some different definitions of what a lead is. And that definition is really going to fall into how busy we are and what volume of transactions that we're doing on a regular basis. Now, those of us that are the most busy when we're working with a lot of clients at once, we have to have a little bit tighter definition of a lead. Now, I like to look at one of the most important parts of the lead, and that's their motivation and their timeline, those two things, right? So when I see a lead and they're going to fall into that 30, 45, 60 days out, that is going to have to fall into my definition of what is a lead to decide whether or not I want to work with them at that point. So when does an opportunity really become a lead? It's when we make that contact and we really establish that motivation and timeline. Now, for some of us, if that lead might tell us they're six, eight months out, it might not fit into what we're looking for and the motivation we're looking for. So we want to make sure that we are setting what our definition. Now, I can tell you guys for me personally, 30 days out is my definition of a lead. I'm looking for that buyer who is ready to get under contract with me in the next 30 days. Now, in order to do that, I will tell you guys this too, as we work with more and more buyers at higher volume, a lot of times they might not end up under contract in that first 30 days, and that's okay because we know it's taking more and more contracts in today's market to get the same kind of results that we were getting prior to. So 
With that being the case, it's not important to me that they're 100% under contract in that first 30 days for me, but it's important that they intend to be. It's important that they're motivated to be under contract and that they're working for that same exact. So in in other words, their first offer written, whether accepted or not, should be in that 30 days. Otherwise- Yeah. Otherwise, you're you could be spending that time working with somebody else. Absolutely, hundred percent. We could totally be spending that time looking for more motivated buyers. We could be working with those more motivated buyers. There's a lot of things in that stage. But if we're already to that phase, we probably miss some of our stuff. And that's one of the things that we're going to touch on today is how do we make sure that we don't miss those little cues from the buyer that we end up with a buyer who's maybe not as motivated as we are at that stage. So. And so, Nick, can I ask a question? Why would you establish a timeline of 30 days? Why is 30 days your definition of a lead? For me specifically, it's my definition because usually, and I'll tell you, most of my buyers, Jeff, that tell me 30 days usually end up under contract in two to three weeks. And Mm -hmm. for me, again, I know that there's always going to be a little bit of padding, right? Because they're they're nervous about us. Hey, there's that salesperson and man, Nick's going to try to sell me. Well, a lot of times I don't really have to sell them home, sell themselves, right? Why? Mm -hmm. Because those buyers are motivated. So I want to look for that reason why, and I want to look for that timeline. Now for me, 30 days. If you're really in understanding what you're looking for, if you're prepared with your financing and we're not finding it in 30 days, then we might be in a position where our expectations aren't in line with where the market is at that time. So So anyone that's 30 days or say 31 days or more, what are you uh, saying to that person or what are you doing with that particular contact? Well, a lot of times if I'm in that position, we're beyond that 30 days, I'm going to actually ask them to come in and have a seat with me. And I want to go back over their goals at that point. And we get into something that we call the reconsult at that point. Now, yeah, okay. As we move forward, I'm going to talk to you guys today about the buyer consultation and how it really can can be a tool for our lead conversion. But when I'm in a situation and I've got them showing and we've been through this process and they're not seeing what they want, it's time for us to sit down and have a conversation about their goals and what we're not finding out there in the market. And it Mm -hmm. might be that expectations have drifted away from what their original intent is. And it might be that the market has moved forward and all of a sudden those homes are not in range. But yeah. I want to get really clear on what's important about buying a house. And at yep. that stage, what we're not seeing in the market. And I want to spend that time working in their best interest to make sure that I am meeting their expectations. So I want to Got get it. ultra clear if we haven't gotten under contract at that point. Got it. So you're going to do you're going to call them in for a reconsultation. Absolutely. That's that's when I might, and again, we're going to talk about a little of the different ways. I might end up having that reconsultation in different places, depending on when the moment strikes and the opportunity is there. But ultimately, my number one goal is to make sure that I am getting them what they want and the time frame they want. So if I'm not, I want to find out what are we missing? Are we missing expectations? Does it not exist in the market? How can I better serve them at that point? Because One of the things that we know for sure is the longer we go without finding them a house, the less confidence they're going to have in us and our abilities. So we need to make sure we're doing our job for the buyer in that moment. This is about as simple as my art gets, (laughs) right? The C stands for confidence. The T stands for time. The longer we're working with the buyer, the less confidence they have with us. Even if we're giving them great advice, 
even if we're advising them on, on what to do to get their offer accepted, no matter what market we're in, we're talking this market. I mean, Nick and I are involved in buyer consultations and, and offer consultations and re, you know writing three, four offers before we get one, ones accepted. We're talking about this market. This applies. The longer we're working with them, by the way, and, and you heard Nick and, and he's spot on. This point right here is about 30 days. And if you want to maintain, because watch this, it's kind of like we talk about the honeymoon phase, right? Their confidence in you is at the highest point. When they leave your office or you leave their house after the buyer consultation, their confidence in you is at its highest point until you get a deal accepted. From the time you meet with them to the time you get a deal accepted, you have to understand that the confidence is actually going to decline. And so around three or four weeks, as Nick mentioned, this is where you have the reconsultation. And the reconsultation will drive their confidence back up, even if they've gotten offers rejected. Because yeah, the minute you get an offer rejected, I mean, it's, it's going from like this to this, right? And then you start showing homes again, and then it goes here, right? You have to do that after three, four weeks. That's crucial. Absolutely. Super important to make sure you're in there. I do see that you went to the Matt Sutter School of Drawing. So I, I love that. It's not quite the mountains, but it's a fantastic drawing. That's right. 100% accurate. So yeah, that's it. That's where we want to make sure that we're understanding what our definition of a lead is at that point, and that we're making sure that we're staying true to that. And that really comes into a firm understanding of that motivation and timeline. So a couple of things that we want to look at, obviously, we want to talk about the different sources of buyer leads today, where we're going to find them and how we're going to react to them. Now, ultimately, we would love it if every single day we were in a position where people are just calling us and ready to go out and that whole entire thing. But if we're going to do buyers in high volume, we're going to have to a lot of times focus on the top lead sources where we're finding buyers today. So I want to take a little bit of time, but we also have to understand that when we're dealing with lead sources, 70% of our appointments are going to be coming from our lead follow-up, right? And not every single lead source is going to be followed up with the same way. So as I want to go through our list a little bit today, and then I want to touch back on how do we follow up and what is our timeline on some of these lead sources that are really popular within the industry today? One thing you said, and I want everyone to write this down, not every lead source is followed up the same way. Yep. Not every lead source is followed up the same way. And can you tell us why that is, Nick? Well, here's the thing is we are seeing different leads at different points of the funnel when they are ready to purchase at this stage. And we have to recognize that, right? We have to have some variety a lot of times in our businesses. One of the things that Jeff has said to us for years is we want to master three sources in the very beginning. We want three legs of lead generation to support our business. And so as we look at a couple of these examples, start thinking to yourself out there, what are my sources? So many agents that I talk to and that I've coached over the years, they really are strong in a single source. And that is fantastic. However, if we want to last, we need to have diversity in our lead sources yep. and we need to be master. I'm not talking about we're just, we're trying three out and we're going to give it a little bit of a, a shot at it. I'm talking about we're really studying and we're mastering and we're doubling down on three lead sources to make them ours. So I ultimately don't care for you guys out there which lead sources you're working. I just care that you are diversified in your lead sources and you're working them on a regular basis. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So what Nick just said there is every lead source is at a different point in the funnel, right? So one of the lead, which we're going to get into that, but 
there's top of funnel lead sources. And those are generally speaking in the discovery mode. You know, they're checking out the school districts, they're researching communities, they're checking out the walkability, they're maybe not even driving around houses, they're just kind of driving around to see what the downtown area or whatever looks like. When they're at the top of funnel, you're not going aggressive with them, right? You're 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 helping them through that discovery mode. But and that's why you treat somebody who's say a Zillow lead that inquires and they're maybe middle towards the bottom of the funnel. They've already looked at houses, they've already put offers in. They don't need to talk about neighborhoods and school districts and all that. They want to they want to know when you're available to show them something and and when what what your strategies and recommendations are for writing a great offer. So, it's important to point out that every lead source is at a different step in the funnel and watch. And Nick, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. We have to match their motivation, period. If they're highly motivated, we have to be highly motivated. If they're not super motivated right now, then we're going to appreciate and respect that, right? We're not going to follow up with them every single day if they're not super motivated. Now, a Zillow lead or a seller who just went under contract, you're probably touching base with them every single day to get an appointment set, to go show them a home. But if someone just entered because they inquired on a on, on a Facebook uh, ad for you know what their home's worth and they're going to be thinking about selling this spring, maybe you're not following up with them every day. And I think a lot of agents today, Nick, miss the boat on this. You know, they're all everyone's prospecting for an appointment, and that's a mistake. We should be prospecting for their motivation first, and then and only when it's appropriate do you make a decision to close for an appointment. Now, by the way, if they're in discovery mode. There's nothing that says you can't close for a discovery appointment. Now, you might not close for a showing. You might not close for a full consultation. But if they need help selecting an area, then you're going to say, you know what, why don't we get together and we'll talk about that. We don't have to get in specifics of homes and things like that right now. But I'll help you decide on where, where the hottest areas are, where the great resales are, right? You're going to match their motivation and, and take that and run with it versus constantly closing, closing, closing for an appointment. You're just going to turn people off if they're not ready to do something right now. Would you agree with that, Nick? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, hey, we are past the 90s and the early 2000s. And the techniques today that people respond to are different. And I know that there are some out there that are hanging on to those old techniques and they're still trying to do that stuff. And I get it. But the reality is, is today's consumer is expecting a different experience. And if we are not delivering the experience that they're expecting, we are missing the boat. We're doing them a disservice. So yep. without a doubt, I think that is we have to deliver the customer experience that the customer wants from us in order to make sure that we are giving them what they want and getting them the type of home they want. So I, I completely agree, Jeff. It makes perfect sense. And make no mistake, when I say, you know, you're going to, you're prospecting for their motivation. And then from there, you determine how aggressive you're going to be. I'm talking about once you're in conversation. All right. I'm not talking about from the time you get a lead, from the time you get a lead, yes, <laughs> that hasn't changed. We have to be aggressive. In fact, if anything, that's gone the other way. We have to be more aggressive today because you know that same lead has gone out to four, five, six, seven, ten other real estate agents. So make no mistake, we still have to be aggressive to get in touch with them. I'm referring to once they actually respond, what direction we take. Absolutely. And it makes perfect sense as far as that goes. We want to make sure that we are getting in in the very beginning. We're chasing down. We still know speed to lead is one of the most important factors out there. 
However, the deeper we understand someone's motivation, once we have made contact, the easier it is to understand the type of follow-up that they need and the type of follow-up that they're expecting. So when we get into, then I'm talking about really understanding motivation. I'm talking about going three deep on a lot of your questions, not just saying, oh, you want to move because you're looking for a change of scenery. We need to get deep into that question. I understand that. So Tell me, what is it specifically that you're looking for in your next change of scenery and what's important about that? And we got to get layers deep into understanding that, understanding that motivation. And yeah. when we do, when we really get deep into knowing their big why and the, what's going to make them motivated to make this change and this move, we are going to know without a doubt what kind of lead follow-up it's going to take in order to get them in the best position to reach their goals. Because a lot, nobody just moves by accident, right? A lot of times the move is to reach some type of important goal. However, we do find that a lot of prospects out there will hide their motivation at first because, as Jeff has said for a long time, they just don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So yeah. spend that time understanding that motivation, and without a doubt, that value proposition will shine through without you having to follow up and go after them super hard. I mean, obviously, we do for the conversation, but high pressure is not the thing that works, and I think we all yeah. know that. One of the things that you mentioned is going three deep on the questions on the script. So yeah. let's just pretend for a moment that that this is a script and this is question number one. This is question number two. This is question number three. This is question number four. Traditionally, we've been taught just follow the script. Ask the first question, then ask the second question, then ask the third question. What Nick is saying is you have to ask the questions within the questions. So if the first one is where are you moving to? And the second question is, when would you like to be there? Pretty common questions. Before you ask, when would you like to be there? There is at least two or three questions in where are you moving before you get to when would you like to be there? For instance, how did you happen to pick that area? Who else do you know in that area? What is it about that area that, that, that got you excited? How did you pick that area, right? There's two or three questions within every single question on the script. And you're going to do two things when you go three deep on those questions. By the way, when do you want to be there? How did you pick that time frame? What happens if we don't meet that deadline? Right? Again, two or three questions within that question, within that one question on the script. When you go three deep on a lot of these questions, you're going to do two things. Number one, you're going to get the root of their motivation. And number two, you're going to determine, you're going to determine their actual motivation, right? So I'm sorry, you're going to get to the root of their motivation and you're going to build rapport. I said that backwards. You're going to build rapport and you're going to get to the root of their motivation by going three deep on every question in the script, which we're going to cover in a second. And the third thing you're going to find too, is you're also going to find out that your conversion is going to skyrocket. You are not going to need as many leads to meet your goals as an agent when you are going deeper and deeper into motivation and into the qualification process. You're going to build stronger relationships. You're going to serve your clients better. Everything is going to exponentially get better in your business from asking better questions. It is the essence of being a great salesperson. So let's hop down the list, guys. Let's start uh, with some of the leads that we see in the industry today and, and kind of what our timeline is for follow-up. And I'm going to kind of start with the first two. And these, we're going to kind of go top of funnel, a little bit down towards the funnel as far as we look at some of these leads on this list. So and these are the leads that we should be working with in 2022. Absolutely. And yes, top of funnel means less motivated. Bottom of funnel means more motivated. 
Absolutely. So top of funnel, a lot of the leads that we're seeing is the Facebook and a lot of the Google pay-per-click leads. Mm -hmm. And we typically see that these type of leads are going to require anywhere between six and 18 months of follow-up on these type of leads. So why a lot of times we're finding these people are in the very beginning stages of starting to gather that information, of starting to craft the idea of where they're moving. And again, like everything, the more the speed to lead is always the key. No matter what it is, we want to be that first contact right away. But as we learn that that motivation and that timeline is a bit further out, this is the point where we have to understand that this is where our long-term follow-up is really going to pay off and come into play for us. And everyone, no matter what, correct me if I'm wrong here, Nick, so long as you have at least basics uh, information, everyone, no matter what, immediately is being set up on a search Yes. with properties that are similar to the ones they inquired on, if they inquired. But as you just pointed out, the Facebook lead ads and the Google pay-per-clicks, they might not have even inquired on a property. They might have clicked on an ad that said, you know, uh, are you familiar with what's happening with interest rates, right? Click here to learn more about interest rates. They're very in discovery phase. So you might not even have enough information to set them up on a search. But when you get further down the funnel and you have even just a a house that they inquired on, I know many of the CRMs today, including ours, are set up to automatically set them up on searches of similar homes. So first and foremost, every single time that's taking place, in addition to whatever drip campaign you're setting them up on. Absolutely. And so like anything, you know, getting in, I know I'm beating it to death, but it's so important. Your speed to lead, because when you don't have a lot of that information right off the gate, or if they did really click on something that is general like that, us getting into that conversation and going deep and asking great questions is going to give us their whole roadmap of what their goals are, of why it's important to them, and how deep that motivation is. And just like Jeff says, we got to match that motivation because even with some of these top of funnel leads, they'll shoot right down the funnel and they are ready to go. And if we are going quick to get a hold of them and we're asking those great questions, we're going to be the person that they're going to go forward with. And the ones that are a little bit further out on that timeline, as long as we're staying top of mind and we're providing value and we are staying in touch, we're going to be the ones that they go with too as their motivation matures. A lot of them were just waiting for that motivation to mature because they're early in the process. Uh, Number two, or the next one on my list here is open houses, right? Traditional, but still a very valuable lead source. And as we have limited inventory coming into 2022, it is without uh, without a doubt a source that we should be taking seriously in this market. Now, obviously, we know that it's a little bit quicker timeline. We can be looking at anywhere from three to six months of follow-up with a lot of our open house leads. Next step on there is a lot of these referral sites. And Jeff, you just mentioned it earlier, right? This is becoming a bigger and bigger piece of our market. We're seeing more and more agents that are operating within these sites. A lot of times when people are working within these sites, they're a little bit lower down. They're a little bit closer to ready to go ahead and buy and make that move at that stage. So we're typically looking one to three months. Now, as we get lower in the funnel and we start to see these guys come down, this is where it is going to be ultra important for us to make sure that our intensity starts to pick up and our frequency starts to pick up the closer they are to that three you know, two, one type of months out for their motivation. And sometimes too, when they're a little further out, they're going to tell you their motivations out for, you know, a little bit of that. Oh gosh, I hope Jeff doesn't sell me something. I'll tell him it's three months, even though in my head, it's a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I hope as you're taking notes, you're writing down 
the sources and the timeframes. And there's a reason why we're sharing the sources and the timeframes because you need to have an idea, okay, if the average open house lead is about three to four months out from writing their first offer, well, then I know not to go gangbuster aggressive on that open house lead. On the other side of that, if I've got a, a, a Zillow lead, as someone who's inquiring on a house and I find out that they've already made offers, well, then my follow-up game is going to be much more intense, much more frequent, much more regular. Again, it's important that you understand the average time frame to write that first offer. So that way, from there, you can understand what drip campaign to set them up on, what follow-up methods you're going to be using, and how aggressive you're going to be. So, so far, if you haven't been writing them down, we have Facebook lead ads, and Google pay-per-click. We put those pretty much in the same category. And those are six to 18 months out. In fact, I would just put an asterisk. Your Facebook lead ads are closer to that 12 to 18 month spot. Google pay-per-click, six to 12 open houses, as Nick just mentioned, three to six months, which means, and this is on average. I understand you can have someone walk in an open house and write an offer with you right on the spot. We understand that that happens. It doesn't always happen, but these numbers are just the averages. So open houses are three to six months. Referral sites get a little bit more urgent and that's one to three. So that's like your home lights, your top agents ranked, your effective agent, your ideal agent. A lot of you are wondering, well, where do I find the ones that are popular in my hometown? All you have to do is Google search, uh, buy a home in blank city. Uh, realtor in blank city. That's what someone who is a little bit more serious than an open house lead is typing into Google to find an agent to help them out. And those are called referral site opportunities. And those are one to three months. All right. Sorry, Nick. I just wanted to kind of recap. And then as we move on now, we're getting a little lower down the funnel. And of course, we're all familiar with these guys, right? So we're talking about realtor.com. We're talking about Zillow. We're talking about Trulia, these type of sites here. And here is why we're looking a little bit quicker on our follow-up. Now, typically we're four to six weeks out as we get a lot of those sites. And one of the big differences is typically they are selecting a home, right? They they're usually have something in mind that they're inquiring on. And that really gives us that opportunity to usually meet with them much quicker in these types of leads. So yeah. without so a doubt- Once they start, yeah. So my takeaway from that, Nick, is- once they start inquiring on particular properties, they're about four to six weeks out in most cases, sometimes sooner because they just had a bad experience with an agent and they inquired and they need a new agent. But on average, once they start asking about, you know, uh, is the basement finished? Is the yard fence, you know, getting specific property type questions. Most of those buyers are about four to six weeks out. And again, it's important to understand that type of buyer is looking for frequent responses. They're looking for frequent follow-up. Versus someone that just did Google pay-per-click and they're interested in what interest rates are, are right now. You're going to follow up with those two separately. It's very important that we point that out. And of course, you know, the next source is right in that same timeline. For a lot of you older agents like me, you'll remember the thing we called sign calls way back in the day when people used to drive by. And I, I'm, I joke about it, but honestly, I still do get quite a few sign calls. And obviously, a lot of us today are using the text for info. And we're yep. really, these are so great leads. These are usually bottom of the funnel leads. And of course, Jeff, yep. as you know, back in the early 2000s, this was my bread and butter. Sign calls is where I would shine. Oh, yeah. And my conversion was, you know, it was one of my favorite sources. And it's still a strong source today because when they are reaching out to you directly through that sign, you really do a lot of times have their attention. You really yep. can get into these deep, great conversations with them yep. and really start to understand what they're looking for. 
Nick, so, a, a lot of people think that, you know, sign and, and text for info and, and so forth uh, is somewhat dead. And understand that when listings are scarce, buyers are exhausting all options to yeah, learn yeah. of real estate. Even if they even if they saw it in their Zillow app a couple of days ago or whatever, they're just hungry to get in touch with someone that's going to show them something. And so, so sign calls, rider calls, those are still a thing. On my team, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is, is our speed to lead and getting in touch. And I can't tell you how many people tell us they're so grateful that we called them back. And what an epidemic that we are having in our industry of people not taking their lead seriously and really practicing speed to lead and taking speed yeah. to lead very seriously. It can be a big game changer financially if you're spending money on leads, just focusing on how quickly you're getting in contact and then qualifying through those conversations. So yes, I 100% agree with that. As we move you know, really down into the funnel, our next step is agent to agent referrals, right? One of the, we love these agent to agent referrals because typically when somebody's calling you and they're telling you about that buyer, that buyer is ready to get out and see homes this week. And of course, there's a built-in layer of trust when you're looking at those type of referrals. Uh, typically agent to agent referrals, we're usually looking at three to four weeks on that type of follow-up. Uh, and a lot of times they're coming out of the area. And so of course we're waiting on travel plans and those type of stuff. As we move right down one more step, our next step is past client sphere of influence referrals. Another one, right? In the very, close to the bottom. right. Yep. That, that's the very bottom of the funnel. It's one of my favorite spots and something that I probably waited too long. And again, uh, if you were a few years ago, we did an entire event that talked about building a strong database and giving it value and really being able to, to make more out of those past clients' sphere of influence relationships. And I know, at least for me, that was a big game changer in helping to grow the business. This is without a doubt one of the best sources of leads as we go forward this year. Uh, so these guys, a lot of times, just a few weeks, and some of them are even, you know, ready to go right out of the gate. And more often than not, a lot of our past client SOI referrals are out and looking within seven days or so, not needing a ton of follow-up. So I, one of my favorite yeah. sources without a doubt. And, and less competition on those, right? Less competition. That's what's great about and those. And you're pre-sold, right? That's what I love about it. They already know you. They have that relationship. They're, they're feeling good with it usually, and I yep. love that. And, and drum roll, the number one buyer to work with, the bottom of the funnel is... My favorite, sellers that need to buy now. You want to talk about a concrete timeline? When <laughs> occupancy is happening in the next 60 days, that is a very serious timeline. So that, without a doubt, should be one of our number one sources out there in 2022 that we're working. And especially knowing, because sellers today know that the next step is critical because they know how many people are seeing their home. They know how light inventory is. So typically, when we're dealing with a seller in that, in that stage, we're dealing with a very educated buyer, too, because they've been through this process on the other side just a few weeks ago. And so yep. without a doubt, number one, one of my favorite sellers that need to buy. Yep. Nick, let's shift gears a little bit. So thanks. Hopefully all of you got the funnel written out. And of course, yes, I know a lot of you asked the question. We will be recording this. It will be available for you to go back and watch it. Uh, again, for those of you that are joining us late, the workbook is in is, is dropped in the chat or check your email for that because there's a couple scripts in there, which we're going to get into. But let's talk about the 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 three by three by three rule. Can you jump into that one, Nick? 
The three by three is so important, Jeff. And, and honestly, I think there is no one talks about this in the industry of how to follow up. Everybody says follow up, follow up, follow up. But what does it really mean? How do we have some structure to follow up? And that's one of the things that I love about the three by three rule. It's a really simple process, yet it allows us to go ahead and get high intensity contacts in a short span. So for those of you who don't know, and I know there's some new people out here, the three by three rule is three calls. We're looking at three texts. We're looking at three emails over the course of three days. So we're getting in three days, we're going to get in nine contacts, nine touches, three of them through calls, three of them are going to come through texts, and three of them are going to come through email. Now, once we've gone through there, once we've reached out and we've gone high intensity for those three days, we're looking to get a hold of them. We're going to kind of know, right? At three calls, three texts, three emails, they know we're looking for them at that stage. When we move past those three days and we're unable, and we know that this happens a lot, right? At that stage, then obviously we're going to have to shift up our follow-up and we're going to move more into some of that long-term follow-up. But our speed to lead is obviously that first call. Oh man, that lead came in 40 seconds ago and I'm already hitting the send button and boom, now I'm looking for that first contact. That's going to be one of our best shots. If I don't get it right away, I'm typically going to make that second phone call on the same day. I'm going to send out that text and then I'm going to follow up usually with those emails and those texts as we go. You know, again, we're going to find out the motivation through how quickly they're going to call you back in those days just the same. It's not the whole story, but it's a clue to what we're looking at right there. Yep. And Nick, you know, every study under the sun, and we're talking major universities have done studies on buyer leads. The average buyer lead responds between the fifth and sixth attempt. Not attempt number one, not attempt number two, not attempt number three not attempt number four, attempt number five, or attempt number six. The single greatest mistake that real estate agents make, in my opinion, Nick, with leads, is they give up too soon. They they call, they text, they email, they move on. Mistake, that's only three. They call, they text, they email, then they move on. And some don't even do that. And by the way, when we say three calls, three texts, three emails in three days, we're not saying all simultaneously, right? You're not going to call, maybe the very first time you call them, you text them and you email them, that's fine. But, you know, later that day, maybe you're going to email them again. The next day, you're going to call them. Later that day on on day two, you're going to text again. Three by three by three. It's very effective. It's designed to get you results and know that most of your results are going to come on the fifth or sixth reach out. I I can't tell you how important that is. Yet the sad part is so many of us are really quitting after the second attempt. When we look at the numbers, I'm sure nobody on this webinar, but there's a few buyer's agents out there who are not even going beyond attempt two. And the truth is, if we were to go back 10, 15 years ago, I would have been in that same boat because I, I think a lot of people out there aren't really aware of how many contacts it really takes to, and there's no question, we can't doubt these numbers. These numbers have been studied. I try to argue with Jeff about stuff all the time until he pulls out the numbers and then I have to knock it off. But that's the truth. We have to get more strong when we're getting into those contacts, especially up front. And we've got to pour it on thick for those first three days. And at that stage, then obviously that motivation, if they're not talking to us, something isn't lining up. It might be motivation. It might be ability. It might be timeline. We might have to give that some time to mature, but we don't want to lose it because we didn't make that contact in the very beginning. 
Bingo. And Nick, we're going to jump to the instant lead conversion script. But before we do, and I know a lot of you had questions and unfortunately we don't have time to get to them all. We wish this was two hours and we could, but one of the ones that stands out to me, I appreciate this because it's asked a lot. It's from James, uh, James Oxendine. And James, if you can tell us where you're from in the chat, we would love to see that. During the phone calls, are you leaving voicemails? The rule of thumb on this is simple for all prospecting, for all buyers, for all sellers. If you have yet to make contact with them, the answer is no. If you've already spoken to them once, the answer is yes. You leave voicemails for people you've already been in touch with. You don't leave voicemails for people you have not reached. Why is that? Because you're going to reach out to them again. Now, for those of you that aren't going to follow the three by three by three, sure, go ahead and leave a voicemail, but you're not going to get too many results from it. I don't leave voicemails because I know I'm going to be following up again. So I just follow a very simple rule of thumb I have for years. If I've already spoken to them once and I'm following up for a second time, then yes, I absolutely leave a voicemail. But if I've called them twice, I've texted them twice, and I'm calling them for a third time, and I haven't reached them yet, and I know I'm, well, and that, that's a bad example because, of course, after three calls, I'm done. But let's just say I called them once. The second time I call them and I haven't reached them, I'm not leaving a voicemail. Why? Because I know I've got a third call coming the next day or later that evening. Great question. Thank you, James. All right. Let's jump into the instant lead conversion script. And before we do, Nick, this script is absolutely proven. All right. We have been using this for 10 plus years and we've updated it. See, this is the difference. When you're on the ground, we know what to change. We know what to update it. But we now close close to 500 buyer transactions a year from our team using this script. So let's run through this real quick, Nick. Absolutely. All so of you guys have this in your workbook, by the way. Everybody has it. And again, you guys, we just text scripts to 55444 and you can get a copy of all of our scripts that are out there as well, too. So I'm going to start out real simple. Uh, you know, the, hi, this is Nick with Glover U. Thanks for calling about the property on 123 Main Street. Did you get all your questions answered regarding this great home? Now, if the answer is no, right, this is a great, I love to get no, my questions aren't answered because now I'm right into conversation and I'm right into starting to provide value for that prospect in that moment. So one of my favorite things is when they say no. Uh, and then of course I'll say, hey, I'm gonna look that up for you. In the meantime, are there any other homes that you saw out there? One of the things that we know for sure is that people are typically starting that search online. And when they inquire about something, they've clicked on four or five other types of homes in there. So if I know there's four or five that they're interested in, I would love to start getting them information and be their resource. Yep. about. And what that. you're trying to do is you're trying to pull them away from, because here's what they're thinking. Well, we're just going to call the listing agent on those other properties. If I call Nick because he's showing up on this property, he must be the listing agent. You guys know how that works. So what I'm planting the seed right away is there's probably other properties that you've inquired on. While I'm looking this one up, what other ones do you have on your list? Absolutely. You have to add that to your script if you're not using that already. Absolutely. So I'm going to go through that conversation about what else they're interested in. Yep. I'm going to tell them, hey, let me look this up for you. Is it okay while I'm doing that? Let me just ask you a couple of really quick questions. Yep. The first question, now guys, understand these questions. We talk about asking good questions. This line of questions is going to help us to determine 
those important factors. What is that motivation? What is that ability? What is that timeline? And help us to set up for closing on them to be their agent. Now, obviously, to be their agent, we, we want to eventually end up in a buyer consultation because that's where we're going to showcase our value prop to them and really help us establish why we're a good choice and how we can really help save people thousands of dollars and find the right home in the marketplace. So number one question I'm going to ask them, how long have you been looking for a property. Okay, so I want to get an idea of how long they've been looking and where they're at in the process. If we just started looking, this is a great step for me to go ahead and close for that buyer's consultation right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And so look for that specific area of how long, where are they at in that process? That'll tell you their motivation a lot of times right there. Absolutely. Number two, and this is one where a lot of us don't want to ask it, and it's really important. Hey, which home do you own in the neighborhood? Right. And why? Because they think, oh, well, they're they're a lead. They don't own a home. And that seems a little rude. I'm not sure. What if they don't? Lesson. A lot of times they might, if they don't, they don't care. And they'll just tell you, hey, no, we we don't. This is our first time. Or a lot of times they'll even tell you where they're at at that stage. No, we're still living with our parents. This is going to be our first home. It's going to help me get more and more background. And you can say if you want to replace neighborhood with community or area, you can do that no problem. Uh, again, it's also designed to flush out if you got a nosy neighbor calling on a house. Absolutely. Now, let's just say, though, hey, we did see it down the street. And we do own that one. Now, what are we looking at? We're looking at a possible listing opportunity that's going to go with this purchase. So we want to get deeper. We want to know more. Next one, I'm going to ask them, hey, do you currently own or rent? And again, I'm, I'm just looking to understand more about that situation. And it helps to me to understand the timeline. Because if you are renting and I come to find out that you've got six months left on your lease and you know it's ironclad, it's really tough to break it, there's a huge penalty, it's going to tell me quite a bit about what's going on with your timeline at that phase and yep. how, again, I can help you get to that goal. Yep. So without the next doubt, question, I'll, Nick, and we'll go through these rather quick because I know we're getting tight on time. Have you spoken to a lender yet? If so, who? The reason why that's important, and Nick, you know this, uh, because a lot of them will tell you, oh yeah, I'm already pre-approved. Oh yeah, I'm already all set there. I always ask, I always congratulate them, right? I always say, hey, Nick, that's awesome. I'm glad you got your ducks in a row there. If you don't mind me asking, which bank are you working with? Oh, Chase Bank, who's your loan officer over there? Because a lot of them will give you kind of that reflex, yep, I'm all set, I'm all set, I'm all set. And just by asking which bank, which lender, that's where you're going to get the truth, right? Because if they give you a bank, not always do they give you their loan officer because they'll say, oh, I can't remember, I called up there, that's fine. But if they give you a bank and, and there's a little discussion around that, then they're absolutely qualified, right? No Some question. of the basics, as you see here on what price range, you know, you guys know most of these scripts, I'm sure, what what, what about this area most interested you? Describe the perfect home for you. How soon do you, would you like to be in by? Nick, can you talk a little bit about number eight and why that's in there? Well, you know, obviously number eight is going to give us that timeline. I'm going to get their perception when I say, how soon do you want to be in by? And a lot of times they're going to tell me why that date's important. So I'm mm-hmm. going to reiterate a couple things in that question. I'm going to understand that motivation deep more deeply if I'm already not fully understanding it. And number two, I'm going to get deeper into that timeline. And when we understand motivation and timeline, then we're always going to be in a better position to serve that buyer. Yeah, bingo. And the next paragraph, quite frankly, is probably the most important paragraph on the script. So for sake of time, we're just going to go through the next paragraph because you guys can all read. But there's a certain delivery to this next paragraph. And and Nick, I'll let you do that if you want. 
So when I get in there, I'm going to end up with, you know, obviously we're going to reaffirm. Great. So I have access to the hottest properties sometimes before they even hit the market. Would it make life easier on you if I were to do a search for exactly what you're looking for? You know, in terms of the price, size, bedrooms and baths. That way you don't have to be calling around on signs and ads and waiting for agents to email you back or even getting ignored only to find out the property sold or off the market. I mean, ultimately, wouldn't that make life easier for you and put you in a better position? How can you say no to that? I, honestly, I, I we have to repeat it. I have access. And by the way, you're saying this part with a smile and a lot of enthusiasm. I have access to the hottest properties many times before they even hit the market. That And I can get you this information. That way you don't have to be calling around and waiting for people to call you back. And Nick, we used to, you might remember back in the day when we were chanty scripts and role play them, we would actually have our agents plug their nose during the role play. So because we wanted to get you in the habit of making it sound like depressing and sad. And why would you want to do that? That way you don't have to be calling around on all these signs and ads while you wait for agents to call you back and tell you things are already pending or sold or off the market. Would that make life easier on you? Always finishing with a duh. Yeah. Right. Awesome. So Nick, we've been getting a lot of questions in the chat about our processes and, you know, not obviously I know we're just talking about lead conversion today and a few people in the chat asked if you're a Glover U coach. And of course, I think they know by now that you are, but one of the reasons why I picked you to run today's session is because you actually run our buyer mastery program. And I know that we've got a lot of agents that love working with buyers or have the intention of working with buyers at a high level on this session. But we also have a lot of team leaders and lead agents that have buyer's agents that they're saying, hey, I want to get more training for my buyer's agent. So can you tell us a little bit about the Buyer Mastery Program? And for those of you that are following along, it's actually in your workbook on page 15 in your workbook, page 15 in your workbook. Tell us a little bit about the Buyer Mastery Program because you're the master at it and I'd rather you explain it. The Buyer Mastery is a great program. <laughs> and for the team leaders out there that are looking at it in that stage, I know a lot of us are spending a lot of money on lead generation. And some people that I know are spending as much as a small car on their lead generation every month. And so ultimately being in the best position to get the most conversion and teaching your agents how to get the most conversion is a big piece of what we do in Buyer Mastery. Now, obviously lead conversion is a huge part of it, and but it's more than just lead conversion. It's really about how to service that lead it's really about the showing process. And again, I have so many notes that we didn't get a chance to get to today, but even laying into the showing agent model and how to become more efficient with the showing and more profitable using the showing agent model. Uh, as yeah. far as really the process and setting expectations from the time we get the contract together to closing and giving a great customer service to the buyer you know, in the transaction, as well as even going ahead and getting that five-star review and going through our five-star review process at the end so that we're getting more credibility and we're drawing more buyers in by letting other people know. There's so much involved in this program. I got to tell you, it's without a doubt, if you are looking to work buyers in high volume and you're not using these techniques already, you are leaving dollars on the table yeah. for sure. No question. Nick, we put Nick, we put every single associate, we just concluded this 
maybe nine months ago or so with Joe Lynn, you know, our other coach that focuses on buyers. We put every single one of our agents through buyer mastery when they start, because this is the springboard to success with buyers. And as Nick said, and what I love about what you pointed out is it's not just the conversion and showing homes. It's, it's the consultation. It's the off the buyer consultation, the offer consultation, getting it to a closing table, post-closing, getting the review. It is a full 16 week, basically 16 modules of everybody, of, of everything you need to know and do to master buyers from start to finish. And what I love about this program is a lot of people think to be a real high producer, you have to master sellers. And don't get me wrong. If you come to any of our stuff, we're always talking about the benefits and the advantage of working with sellers. But Nick, as you know, we just had several on stage at our last event down in Orlando. You can do 50, 60, 80, 100 plus transactions a year working with buyers following our model. And Nick covers everything from start to finish in our model. Now, if you're wondering, you know, you're curious about more information, it's very simple. Just like you text morning to that phone number, that 55444, you see it right there on your screen. You can text buyer. B-U-Y-E-R to 55444. And it'll give you the full agreement. It'll give you the details of the program. You're not, it doesn't automatically sign you up or anything like that. Don't worry. You're not committing to it yet, but it'll at least put it in front of you. So that way you can take a look at what it's all about. Now, Nick, these sessions are live and interactive, right? Can you tell us a little bit about what, what takes place during the sessions? Absolutely. So the sessions are 100% live and interactive. And what we do is we break down each piece of the process and we go in depth. And we typically are going to spend right around 40 to 45 minutes on our content. We're going to take just like we kind of broke down the script and obviously we ran out of time. In this one, I make sure that every single one of our buyer scripts that we're going in and we're breaking down piece by piece and we're learning how to use them and utilize each piece to put us at the best advantage. The other thing we do is we take the last 15 to 20 minutes and we go through what's going on in a lot of times your buyer's agent's business. So if they're dealing with actual transactions, if they're dealing with objectives, if they're dealing with problems that are going on, we're going to take that time and we're going to coach you through in those 15 minutes. And my goal is everybody else in the class can learn from what we're going through. Because again, you guys have to understand that a lot of these people that are teaching out there are not boots on the ground, listing, selling, working with buyers every single day. They're reading from a textbook. They're reading from a textbook. And that's the difference, right? And we're going to literally talk about what's going on real time inside your business. And we're going to talk about how we handle it and how we give the best experience and put ourselves in the best position to get the referral from those buyers down the road. And the truth is all of these buyers, my goal is that five, seven, 10 years down the road, they're going to be my sellers too. And the reason why they do become my sellers is because I do a great job in the beginning. I build the relationship and we give them the customer service and the experience that they're looking for. And it will definitely pay off in spades, as they say. So Nick, this is for uh, lead agents who have buyer's agents on their teams. I mean, that that's a number one candidate. If you're a lead agent on now, or if you're a buyer agent that's on a team and your lead agent said, here, go watch this. Go back to your lead agent and say, hey, we need to do this program, right? I want to succeed. I want to, I want to be on that stage at one of Glover U's next events. We need to go through this program. Obviously, if you're a solo agent. 
If you're What's a lead that? agent, you're spending that money and you are putting out money for leads every single month. We are going to make sure that you're getting your return on that money because we are going to teach your buyer's agents how to get more conversion out of that money you're spending. And we're going to obviously at that stage, when we increase the conversion, we increase the units and we all know what happens when we increase the units. Yep. I love that. And also I was going to say, even if you're a solo agent and you work with kind of both buyers and sellers, you know, you've dipped your toe in the water with sellers, but you've been mostly buyers. This is, don't think that you've got this all figured out. I didn't have it all figured out quite honestly until I hired a showing agent. And then I actually learned how buyers, you know, uh, respond to showing homes and the correct way to show properties. I was never taught any of that. So even if you're a solo agent, you work both buyers and sellers and you want to button up your buyer business, this is an awesome way to do that. And then of course, as Nick just said, if you're leading a team, let us do the training for you. Let us do the heavy lifting. If you're leading a brokerage and you want to see more buyer business, you want to help, you know, one of the things that I know is one of the most popular modules, and that is the offer consultation itself, because oh, yeah. Nick goes through and helps agents build a buying power checklist, which has been one of our secret weapons in getting offers accepted in our market, walking the buyers through an actual buying power checklist, which we give all this away during the program. Our buyer plans of actions, everything that I take out on a buyer consultation right now, right out this hall is all of our top agents, everything that they take out on buyer consultations, everything that Nick takes out on buyer consultations is shared in the program. You get access to all that. So again, uh, text buyer to 55444 if you're at all interested. I saw in the chat, if you're from Canada, go ahead and email us at info at Glover U. And Nick, any last words on uh, buyer mastery? Uh, you know what? Buyer mastery is just one of those things where I think so many agents out there are inefficient in their process. And ultimately, when you take this system and you apply it to what you're doing, you will see more money. You will see more units. And honestly, you'll get more of your time back and your agents will get more of their time back. And ultimately, you might decide, hey, I'm going to go out and find more business or you might end up at your son's baseball game. But if you are better in the process and you want to keep those transactions up, but you want to own some of that time, we are going to teach you how to do that with Without a doubt. Love that. Love that. And you're qualified to do so, sir. The original buyer's agent at Jeff Glover and Associates. And we've been in, in existence. What did we open the doors in 2008-9? And I think you yes. joined in 08. And you know our stuff inside and out. And that's why you're the buyer mastery coach. So uh, last but not least, for those of you that joined us late, this is session two of an eight-part webinar series. We strategically pick topics that are relevant to right now, what's going on right now in the business, what's going on right now in the industry. The next one is taking place on Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Remember, we're Mondays and Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern until we are complete. So we got two down. We got six more to go. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you in Buyer Mastery at an event, in a webinar, in the Inner Circle, somewhere, sometime soon. Thanks again for your time. See you guys. See you guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Nick today on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.